You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Repent, turn away from sin is the title of this devotion. Perhaps you are living in that sweet peace of this presence of the Lord Jesus and you go, Pastor Robert, is this something for me to listen to? Absolutely. Not everything I share with you is something to deal with something in you, but to arm you and equip you and enable you to be able to help other people who maybe don't know where to go for help. And many people don't know the spirit and power that enables them to repent and to turn away from sin. They don't know that there is such a power. I was sitting next to a young 23-year-old man and he, his parents went into the kitchen to prepare some food and he came quickly to sit next to me and he said, Pastor Robert, can you help me? I said, what can I do for you? He said, I'm so tormented with, my, with an addiction to pornography and I read the Bible and I pray and pray. I just can't shake it. I can't shake it. What am I to do, Pastor? Oh my goodness, I tell you, I felt the love of Jesus just come up in me. Oh, I love that love. I couldn't live without it. And I put my arm around him and I said, let me pray for you. I said, thank you, Jesus, for your love for him. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for him. Thank you, Jesus. And that was it. That's all I could pray. I said, it's all well. It's all well now. He wrote me an email. This is many, many years ago. He said, I don't know what happened, but when you put your arm around me, the love of God came all over me and it's gone. It's gone. I saw him some years ago and he said, Pastor, remember when I was young, you prayed for me. It's gone. It's gone. It doesn't mean that when the Lord sets you free, the tempter won't come back around again. Even Jesus, it says, the devil left him for a more opportune time. The tempter will come back around, but your freedom is is undeniably true. Whom the Son sets free, John chapter 8 says, is free indeed. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom with which Christ has set you free. What a good thing when you know you've been set free. So let me read your scripture here. Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection and they just couldn't believe it that he was standing there. And he said, fear not, it is I. It's not a ghost, for a ghost has not flesh and bones as you see I have. You have some to eat, they gave him some broad fish and some honey and he ate it in their presence and still they, they just couldn't comprehend it. And he said to them in verse 44 of Luke 24, These were the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written. And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day 
that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in His name to all nations. This is why Jesus suffered and died and rose again, so that repentance and remission can be preached. Repentance means to turn, to change your mind and purpose and action. Remission means release from bondage, imprisonment, forgiven, no judgment, canceled judgment, punishment, obligation or debt. It's canceled. He's paid for it. Remission means he's cleared the record. He's removed the charge. Your record is clear. You've been washed white as snow. There's no charge. So Satan has nothing to accuse you of. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he embodied the law. He fulfilled the law's demand that the wages of sin is death. And he fully satisfied the law that was against us because our nature was sinful and the law exposed that nature of sin. Through the law, nobody can be made perfect before God because through the, knowledge, through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So the law, when it says, thou shalt not covet, steal, bear false witness, and so forth, not commit adultery, it showed that nature in us, the propensity to sin was in us. And thereby, we, sin was made more sinful. Jesus, taking part of our nature, fully fulfilled the demands of the law and satisfied the law in that he bore the punishment of our sins by dying for us. And when he fully satisfied the law, he removed its charge against us, thereby completely disarming Satan from being able to accuse us and rising from the dead and making a public spectacle of the devil that he has no charge against God's elect because now for Christ's sake, God can clear our record and justify us all by faith in Jesus Christ. It is awesome. It is wonderful. So that is the work of remission. That is the work of remission. That's why repentance cannot be preached. You can come back. The way is open. You don't have to stay in your sin. You don't have to keep doing what's wrong. You don't have to say, I just can't help myself. I, I just, every time I, I know it's wrong, but I keep doing it, oh, poor me, poor me. No, no, you don't have to stay in that. That's, that, that's not, not true. That's not true. You can now come to God and say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And I guarantee you that mercy will be sufficient to free you from that sin and bring you into right standing with God by giving you the power to repent, which means to turn away, to change your mind, to stop doing what is wrong. Come on now. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, I am what I am by the grace of God, right? I am what I am by the grace of God. But did that mean that he still had that behavior that he had before? And no, he says, once I was, he says, I was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent man. 
but I obtained mercy. I obtained mercy. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. He used to be that way. He's not that way anymore. If somebody would come to me and say, Robert, I remember when you were young and you were like this and you were like that, then I would say, you're right. You were right. Oh, it's terribly sinful, terribly sinful. But Jesus has transformed me. Those sins that you knew I did then are not here anymore. They're gone, they're dead, they're buried with Christ. I'm transformed. You see, friends, there is repentance now being preached and remission because of the price Jesus paid. You don't have to continue in the ways that were wrong. I mean, look at this here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I, I'm happy this is in the Bible, desperately happy. And it's all through the Bible, but here it is kind of encapsulated. He says, do you not know in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6 that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, or sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Come on now. Don't be deceived. Don't think you can continue in adultery and still share in the kingdom. It's going to cost you more then you gain. Sin is always more costly than the pleasure you get out of it. No, you can't revile, you can't extort, you can't deceive people out of their money. Knowing that what you're doing is wrong, knowing that you have no intention to repay them. And when you promise to repay them, refuse to repay them even though you can. That's called extortion. And share in the kingdom. No, it's not going to happen. Don't be deceived. You're deceived to think I can live in idolatry by living in the lust of all the things of this world and still share the kingdom by going to church on Sunday. I can enjoy adultery, homosexuality, or sodomy and still enjoy the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're going to eventually see that that sin separates you from God and causes your heart to be so deceived that you will come against people who say that it's wrong when you yourself knew it was wrong. Come on now. But then look at the next verse. You can't stop there. You've got to read the next verse. But such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. You were like that. You used to entertain these things, but you can't do it anymore now because you've been washed. You've been justified. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart to God. You can't do it anymore. You were like that, but you're not like that anymore. Do you see? Because of what Jesus has done, there's repentance. There's remission of sins. So not making this devotion too long, Look what it says here in Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Luke 15, verse 7. I say to you, Jesus says here, there will be more joy in heaven over one 
sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Oh, I tell you the truth. God longs for our repentance. All of heaven rejoices when we stop doing those things that grieve him, that he's clearly shown in his word. No, son, no, no, this is not right. This is not right. Come on. Oh, how heaven rejoices, how heaven rejoices. And I plead with you today, if there's ways in your life that you know are wrong, turn away from them. And when you have the privilege to encourage somebody else to turn away from what's wrong, let the Holy Spirit so give you that sweet heart of our Savior, because he there shows how the father had two sons. Often Jesus used the parable of two sons throughout scriptures. You can see it with Cain and Abel. You can see it with, with, with uh, Jacob and Esau and on and on and on. You can see the two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. It's, that parable is constantly there and God constantly shows you the difference between the two. And Jesus gives a parable here of two sons who enjoy their father's love and their fathers care for them in providence and goodness. And the youngest says to his father, give me the portion that is my inheritance. And the father divides among his two sons his inheritance. And the younger, after a little while, took his part of the inheritance, which would have been in those days one third. The older got two thirds, the younger got one third. He took what was his. But the older also was responsible to take care of the whole family. So you have to understand there's real equity with God. And he <clears throat> took his part and he left and he squandered it. He squandered it in prodigal living. The word prodigal actually means squander. He wasted. His prodigal is the word waste. And, and when he became in want, there came a great famine and he ended up caring for the pigs and would have gladly filled his stomach with the food of the pigs, but they wouldn't give him any. And he came to himself, it says there in verse 17 of Luke 15. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm, not, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, Jesus says, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring out the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for the son was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found and all began to be merry. That is called repentance and remission. But then look at the brother. The brother was angry and would not go into the feast. So his father came out and pleaded with him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you and never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, 
who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, and you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, But son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that I should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. Do you see what God thinks about repentance and turning away from sin? Do you see? Do you see how much that means to God? And I know, folks, that that can come on a different level for each and every one of us. And I don't ever want to have the kind of heart that makes excuses for things that the Holy Spirit keeps bringing out to attention. Some this undermines what the Father wants to reveal in you. This undermines, this undermines some. And I tell you the truth. Sometimes I've been misjudged because I wouldn't get offended with people when they had sinned. But I have tasted the forbearing goodness and mercy of my Father that has led me to repentance in His long sufferance. And I want that same spirit of grace and mercy in me towards others. And my, do we need it today. We need it in the body of Christ so that the doors can open wider and that we can see the great awakening that has begun begin to fill the churches with precious souls coming to find forgiveness and righteousness with God. Amen. Have a good day.